So what do you think about the isolation? Yeah, just gonna lock myself in and just um, punch some cones for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, all I can say to both of you is I hope you get along for the time. Yeah, no, no one's coming out. Ah, she's going, she doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, See you guys. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this project in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you are feeling extra generous. Howdy y'all, Dan Scotland here, joining you from Leo Massachusetts, the heartland of America. So if it sounds like I'm a bit muffled, it's because I kind of am. Um... So I've gotten my mask um, to sort of protect me against this coronavirus and this pandemic. Um, my mom, who's been skilled at sewing for her whole her, her whole life, um, sewed all all of us some, and um, and it's really coming in handy. Being is, you know, this 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 disease has no chill. It doesn't care how old you are doesn't care um who you are or the size of your bank account it's it's attacking everyone pretty equally and um we all need to take the precautions needed but um if you so here's the mask in its full glory but um yeah um i hope you guys are, are are okay you guys are safe you know you guys are heeding the proper precautions that the health professionals have been telling everyone to sort of do i'm not gonna repeat it ad nauseum yeah i mean unless you're living under a rock you you know what those guidelines are and you should don't don't be like these um 
these some of these governors and some of these um, states that are saying, oh, this is a California problem or, oh, um, you know, we don't really need to take this too, too seriously. It's just the flu or um, we don't want this social distancing voc- vocab word or this terminology reminds me too much of the college SJWs and it's too much virtual signaling signaling like the like uh tate reeves of the governor of mississippi has said but um we need to follow the flipping science is what i'm trying to say we need to listen to the doctors and the people on the front lines that are telling us what needs to be done so we can flatten the curve um these people are sacrificing our lives for their lives for us um we should listen at the very minimum and we shouldn't we shouldn't try to insert ideology into this but anywho um i'm finally getting around to um something that which i've been trying to get to but other things came came in the way i'm, I'm so i know i know i'm so behind on my book club um books you know i'm sorry about that you know but as i've been saying things have been going you know things have been happening in my life where i've had a you know i've been trying since this year has been starting i've been trying to look for a more meaningful sort of day job but now with this sort of um, pandemic that's kind of being put on hold so all the things i didn't really have time to do now that we're all in quarantine i'm going to be able to do hopefully i'll finish the the first book in our book club and get, and get to the second one but um but anywho um but this is the series about um that was in the the nevada independent um about about how about their adult use canvas roll out the lawmakers that that own companies now the um you know the the growing pains of the program the the cannabis and the public servants um law and profits growing pains and the last of that series is betting on cannabis so let's finish the final part of the series so this was written by Michelle Rindels. It's from the Nevada Independent. Betting and cannabis. Pot and gambling share similar shattery on origins and hopes of avoiding federal interference. Keeping them separate in Nevada is no simple task. When Anthony Marnell III initially sought to be a majority owner of Nevada's medical marijuana company in 2014, he came up with a he came with an impressive resume. He he was the CEO of multi-billion dollar M Resort. His family had built and run the Rio for its illustrious first decade, and his father's construction company had a hand in some of the most I- iconic casinos on the Strip, including Wynn, Bel- Bel- Bellagio, and Mirage. But the Nevada Gaming Control Board put, I mean, went went out and, or the, but the Nevada Gaming Control Board put the kibosh on his plan on May 6, 2014, issuing an edict that ga- gaming licenses must have no investment or involvement in the nascent cannabis industry. It was one of, it was somewhat puzzling for executives 
natives in Nevada's largest industry who had argued that they live and breathe compliance compliance measures to retain the privilege of working in gaming, an industry that has overcome its unsavory past and moved into the respected mainstream in large part because of the rigor of state regulation. Casinos must ensure minors and card must include that must must ensure that minor and minors and card cheats I'm, I'm guessing like people cheating in the casino to make money or whatever stay out and and report any un un report any suspected money laundering to the federal government prospective licenses go through a vetting process that might be best be described as invasive it includes an online and in-person background checks meeting with gaming regulators regulators in other jurisdictions and a review of all the investments bankruptcies real estate and even flight logs wow there is nobody that i can think of that is more qualified to operate what i see as a very highly regulated industry other than a gaming licensee Marnell told the Nevada Gaming Commission in 2014, we are the most investigated, vetted people in the state of Nevada. I've had several security clearances at the federal level, and none of them were as strenuous or difficult or as thorough as the Nevada Gaming Control Board process. And in the end, Marnell withdrew his marijuana plans to stay in gaming, and regulators have not budged on their bright line but the casino sector has still left its mark on the cannabis industry its veterans are filing out the are, fi- are filling out or fight let me look at this are filling out the leadership teams of marijuana companies and its regulatory regime is the model that the state hopes to emulate for cannabis state records released a spring show released a spring through sb 32 show several former casino executives casino developers and restauranters with a presence inside can inside inside of casinos as marijuana company owners and board members along with some who appear to currently to be currently employed by gaming companies it speaks to the cash and business acumen required to succeed in the marijuana world where the lack of traditional banking infrastructure has limited access into the industry and the appeal of a new industry to entrepreneurs and risk takers who want to get in on the ground floor quote it has all kinds of upward possibilities gaming has become very white shoe said tisha black a attorney and president of the nevada dispensary association whose father developer and former casino executive randy black took over at the clean river marijuana company where marnell stepped back but the presence of a gaming affiliate of gaming affiliated players is also indicative of their success in staying on the good side of a strict regulatory structure in 2014 when governor steve sisolak was making zoning and and 
licensing decisions as the then chair of the Clark County Commission. He said he put a silver star on every one of the people applying for a medical marijuana license who have a Nevada gaming license because they have been vetted. Relative to the out-of-state applicants, he said, those in the Nevada gaming business are less likely to be fly-by-night character or flight risks should trouble arise. Black agrees. Quote, when you see these, when you see those guys that were pillars of the community, in my mind, it makes sense that they were some of the original licenses because they've, because they, they're a known quantity, a commodity. They have have their roots there she, she said veterans of, of gaming are also attractive additions to ownership teams because of their experience in a more mature industry you see the people who used to be in gaming bring their influence and pretty much when they say this is how you do it in gaming everyone listens rihanna durrett the executive director of the nevada dispensary association if they were previously in gaming or had any gaming clients, that's very influential. The Great Divide. Since 2014 edict, there have been little more than baby steps allowing the overlap between gaming interests and pot. Early on, regulators cracked down on people who straddle both industries, blocking slot route operator Nevada Gaming Partners from serving a restaurant in 2014 because the wife of the owner had a minority stake in a medical marijuana company, GB Sciences. Regulators said that even if the couple's businesses were separate enough to satisfy legal requirements, it wasn't enough to satisfy the spirit of the notice. When the notice was sent out to the industry in 2014 that said you cannot play in both sandboxes, most everyone took it to heart, said Jennifer Roberts, former associate director of UNLV International Center for Gaming Regulation and a lawyer for the Nevada Gaming Partners at the time. Other gaming licensees acknowledged that they needed to choose between one industry or the other. Troy Herbst had a 10% stake in the clinic, a marijuana company that was also a partner in slot route operator JETT Gaming. The slot route was a gaming venture for Mr. Jerry Herbst, who had already grown the gas station empire, Terrible Herbst. Troy's brother, Tim Herbst, told the gaming regulators in 2014 that he would divest from gaming if he won a license. According to the Las Vegas Review Journal, we're not going to do anything to disappoint this commission, Tim Herbst said. Troy Herbst does not have a state in the industry as of August 2019. Brian Greenspun, publisher of the Las Vegas Sun, gave up his interest in Greenspun Gaming LLC and GC Investments, which are partial owners of casinos, to family members as he took on as he took an ownership role in Integral Associates with the parent company Essence Dispensaries. He also recently was 
withdrawn from the marijuana industry and is no longer an owner. This bright line between the two industries was reinforced through the work of the Nevada Gaming Policy Committee, a group that included then-Governor Brian Sandoval. The panel's 2017 workshop on the topic outlined myriad reasons why casinos can't be landlords for the cannabis businesses, accept marijuana money, or in any way be affiliated with the substance. Because marijuana is still a Schedule One controlled narcotic or substance by the federal government, even basic actions by a financial institution, a category that includes casinos, can run afoul of the federal law. Potential crimes include possessing any equipment needed to produce or sell marijuana, using a phone or email to facilitate any operation of a marijuana business, leasing or otherwise controlling the property where marijuana is cultivated or sold, reinvesting the proceeds of the mar- of a marijuana business into any other business, and any financial transaction at all that involves more than $10,000 in proceeds from a marijuana business. Interacting with an illegal industry could mean steep fines, acid forfeiture, and prison sentences. Those risks have kept casinos out of cannabis and regulators holding a line. I think that gaming, I think that the gate that gaming, because they are now big corporate companies, they can't. It's brackish water for them. Uh, Black said, I understand that the state's concerns and its desires to protect gaming because that's billions of dollars for the state, not only in jobs, but in taxes. Gaming provides about three quarters of a billion dollars in tax dang son in tax revenue to Nevada's general fund each year, about 10 times the amount that cannabis does. The tourism industry overall, including direct, indirect, and induced jobs, is responsible for about 450,000 jobs in the state. Multinational casinos must get national or international funding that runs through the federal Security, Securities and Exchange Commission, Black said. So dabbling in the marijuana world could put me in direct opposition with the regulators who regulate me and the institutions that capitalize me, end quote. Regulars, regulators have some efforts to clear up ambiguities. In 2018, they moved to allow the development of a tavern of a tavern on property owned by a landlord who also had con- contracts with players in the marijuana industry. In 2017, they approved plans for an applicant who is a card-carrying medical marijuana user to expand a gaming business. And members have called this a balanced approach as new areas of conflict emerge. A regulatory framework that balances the myriad of interests by carefully examining whether whether and to what degree gaming regulatory policy objectives are actually implicated would be 
or actually implicated would ensure or would inure the benefit of all involved. Gaming Control member Terry Johnson wrote last fall in the Nevada Gaming Lawyer magazine and and protecting the crucial role of gaming to the Nevada economy while respecting the express will of the Nevada voters need not be mutually exclusive. But gray areas persist. A review of state records by the Nevada Independent shows that at least four people newly listed as owners and board members of marijuana companies as of August who appeared to be current employees of gaming companies are married to licenses but the gaming control board declined to comment on whether these people are running afoul of the bright line quote as nevada statutes and circumstances regarding marijuana change and evolve the board often engages in discussions with licensees to identify solutions that will ensure they are in compliance with our gaming laws and regulations and those would be confidential under nrs 463120, the board said in a statement. Another argument regulators made against mixing gaming and cannabis is that it would reflect it would reflect discredit on the industry. But even five years ago, lawyers were calling the idea outdated, pointing to the polls that showed a vast sort of the pro of the public favor at least medical marijuana if not recreational and that number is now 91 percent according to the pew research center quote all of which we are seeing now with the public opinion is pretty pretty clearly in favor of medical marijuana reno attorney matt woodhead who was listed as minority owner of clear river original medical marijuana application told regulators 2014 so the concept of reflecting discredit to the extent it does involve public opinion seems public opinion is on our side and quote physical divide in spite of the growing public support of marijuana nevada is arguably becoming even more conservative in separating marijuana and gaming the legislative session lawmakers passed a law banning marijuana dispensaries Within 1,500 feet of a gaming establishment, a buffer larger than the one voters approved between schools and dispensaries. It was an outgrowth of a dispensary ban the Las Vegas Strip Resort corridor already had, and the number mirrors the distance that Clark County Escort and Outcall Entertainment Services must be from homes, schools, and places of worship. The distance also reflects the separation that pawn shops must have from the resort corridor. In testimony to lawmakers this May, casino companies with locations in outlying areas separate from the Las Vegas Strip argued for the same buffer on the basis that it would level the playing field and it would protect Nevada's largest industry. It quote, it exacerbates guests and employee issues with what we have, said Aaron McMullen, a lobbyist for Boyd Gaming, said about dispensaries and casinos being in close proximity. We have children at a number of our properties. A lot of our properties have movie theaters, bowling alleys, and we host many students' boarding events. 
It had the support of the Nevada Resorts Association, the influential lobbying group representing many of the largest casinos. We supported the 1,500-foot buffer because it separates an incompatible land use to to non-restricted gaming licenses, said Virginia Valentine, head of the association. It gives us the protection we need to comply with the federal law. The advent of the policy has forced at least one marijuana company, Essence, incidentally owned by former casino executives, to stand down, scrap plans to build a lot that they had already purchased across the Peppermill Casino in Reno and look for property elsewhere. Although the approval of the buffer seemed to suggest that the marijuana industry got pushed around by its older brother gaming, Durrett Durrett notes that her assumption wasn't fighting the measure, nor were schools or other classes of buildings fighting for a larger buffer than they already had. We had no position on it because it impacted members differently, she said. The measure potentially foil the plans of those who wanted to move closer to casinos or sell their license to a company that did. But those that were grandfathered into the zone or would be unable to move may have been happy to keep the competition out of that zone. Quote, I don't think there should be a mass migration anywhere, whether it's the gaming corridor or not, Durrett said. But questions remain about the rationale for the buffer. Yeah, I mean, we don't have this buffer for, you know, alcohol where, oh, you can't have alcohol X amount of feet from this. Or you can't have tobacco X amount of feet from children. Like, there are states where smoking cannabis in front of your children is like, you can lose your kids. Yet we don't have those regulations for tobacco or booze, which have done way more untold damage. But you know, here we are though. You know, even in states where it's legal, like 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 our like like Massachusetts or um if if you're a listener in Nevada, Nevada, you know, you still have the politicians that don't like it, you still have decades of stigma to overcome and just legalizing it like both of our states did four years ago that's you know you're not going to undo the stigma overnight you know so you're going to have you know lawmakers even though the the people voted on it you're going to still have them be very um wary and you're still going to have them reluctantly implementing the will of the people because again they haven't done it you know since at least the 90s or they haven't even done it since the 60s and 70s when they were college students you know um so that's that's the mindset and that's the level that most politicians are operating under i don't think there should be a mass migration anywhere whether it's the gaming corridor or not Durrett said but questions remain about the rationale for the buffer longtime clark county commissioner chris man i'm gonna butcher this name she knew Gellini, 
who served on Sisolak's advisory panel for the Future of Cannabis Compliance Board, contended there hasn't been enough explanation for it. Quote, there may be some very legitimate reasons, she said. Let's have that discussion out in the open. What was it tied to? She suspects that the future business considerations are at play. If lethal prohibitions on marijuana go away, casinos could eventually house dispensaries, and it would be problematic to have competition too close. Quote, in politics, for the people to say that they're free... The, in politics, for people that say they're free market or free enterprise individual, it it it's always about how to stop your competition, she said. I've never found an ordinance or regulation or state law that hasn't been advanced in order to accomplish that. The future. The marijuana industry is continuing to take cues from the gaming industry, which faced the same specter of federal cap crackdown decades ago before building what it calls the gold standard of gaming regulation. We were under the threat of the federal government basically raiding our casinos and shutting them down because of organized crimes. We had to take regulation to prevent that, Robert said. The state is specifically modeling its forthcoming cannabis compliance board of the gaming control board. Dispensaries also hope to implement some of the gaming's best practices. One of those things is cannabis companies want to emulate is a policy called minimal internal control standards. That's an effort to standardize certain staffing levels for accountants, record keeping software, and other procedures to make it easier for auditors and inspectors to spot deficiencies. Quote, I believe from the very beginning that it was always viewed as an aspirational goal, Jarrett said. Not everything is analogous or comparable between the industry so some things you can't follow so for some things so some things you can't follow the gaming model but anywhere you can it's probably the best way to avoid federal interference in spite of the divides on the books observers say it's time to be honest about the fact that with marijuana legal in nevada there's undoubtedly overlap such as tourists partaking in casinos Galini said that for the safety of the customers and to prepare for the future, there should be open conversation about how the two industries should coexist. Quote, I think everyone is playing a big game. And if they think that people are not smoking in their hotel rooms, she said, it's legal. It's not going away. And they're not going away. So how do you make it work for the customer as well as for their concerns in regards to the feds? End quote. The players, the list of owners and board members in the Nevada marijuana industry is checkered with names of former casino executives and others in the hospitality and entertainment sector, including strip club owners and restauranteurs. Below are some of the most notable. Okay, so Armin Yemen Kid. Can't really see that. Armin Yem Yemenjian is a co-owner of Integral Associates, widely known as Essence Cannabis Dispensary. He gave up his gaming license 
and roles as a former executive of the Tropicana Casino in Las Vegas when he decided to transition into the cannabis market. Beyond the three open dispensaries it has in Nevada, Essence has the highest scoring application in all eight competitive jurisdictions where it applied in 2018, winning eight additional dispensary licenses. The company's sale to mitigate operator Green Thumb Industries, the, the company's sale to multi-state operator Green Thumb Industries for $290 million closed this year. Arguably, one of the, of the most successful players in Nevada cannabis industry, Armin was joined by his father Alejandro Alex Gimidehan, who served as president of MGM Resorts from 1995 to 1999, CEO of the company from 99 to 2005, CEO of the Tropicana from 2009 to 2015. He joined Green Thumb Industries board this summer. Thomas Marnell II, the Marnell companies that did construction on some of the biggest resort properties in Las Vegas and he also served as CEO of the Reno Casino for his first few years. He and his son Tony Marnell III initially appeared on the medical marijuana license applications in 2014 as owners but then dropped off. Strip club owners also have a presence in the form of let me see that Jamal Kashmiri, whose Reno area strip club empire includes flagship Wild Orchard Gentlemen's Club that's been a target for the city. Kashmiri also owns Ben's Fine Wine and Spirits, which has a liquor store's locations in Reno and Carson City, and is the owner of HSH Lion LLC and High Sierra, Sierra Holistics LLC. He is coach track at Reno High School and was a former track star himself. In Southern Nevada, Peter Peter Feinstein, a partner of Sapphire Las Vegas Strip Club, was a board member in the Nevada Group Wellness for purposes at of an unsuccessful license application. Feinstein said he thinks he was sought out to be on the board because as a holder of a privileged license for the strip club and alcohol permits, I have a long history of being in a regulated industry. Several members of the bar and culinary industry are marijuana company owners. Howard Starr, a, an owner of the Las Vegas Natural Caregivers LLC, has been a co-owner of Numb Bar and Frozen Cocktail Lounges at Caesars Palace and Harrah's Casino, as well as the Chillum at Tropicana Casino. He said he has since left the industry. Michael Fry is an owner of BBMC LLC and Naturalex LLC, but has owned cigar venues, including the Casa Fuente 
at the form shops of Caesar Palace and the Monte Cristo cigar bar and a kiosk store at the New York New York Casino. He's also a stepson of Las Vegas developer Erwin Molesky. His brother, Robert Fry, is an owner of the Caliente Development Company, BBMC LLC, and Nat- Natrelex. He was CEO and co-founder of Pure Management Group, which is which at one time owned a large portfolio of nightclubs, including the famous but since closed Pure and the Pussycat Dolls Lounge at Caesars Palace, as well as Coyote Ugly in New York, New York. Earlier this year, the Fry brothers sued their partners in the marijuana business for $125 million, alleging that they filed applications for the dispensary licenses without them and ended up winning 11 licenses more than any other applicant. Restauranters Michael Morton, Jenna Morton is an owner of the Acres, is owner is an owner with Acres Cannabis, but is also the co-founder of Morton's Group, which operates La La Cave Wine and Food Hideaway inside Wynn, Las Vegas. Crush inside MGM Grand and La Comida in downtown Las Vegas. Robert Randy Black, the real estate developer and owner of Black Gaming, is an owner with Clear River LLC. He divested his his gaming interests, which includes three resorts at Mesquite, after they were hit hard by the recession. His daughter, Tisha Black, is president of the Nevada Dispensary Association. Stephen Nightingale, an owner at WSCC, Inc., is a former operator of the Cal, Cal, Cal Nevada Club in Reno and also an author and philanthropist. He told the Reno Gazette Journal that he went with he went into the Nevada business or the, he went into the marijuana business because his late friend Joe Crowley, president of UNR, was so persuasive. And then Gary Prim, an owner at Deep Roots Medical, but also made his fortune with with the from the Prima Donna Resorts, which was sold to MGM Grand in 1998 for 612 million. His stepbrother, Roger Prim, is also involved in the same marijuana company with at least one dispensary open in Nevada already and won five additional licenses in 2018. Former president in Grand Sierra Resort Steve Stephen Rosen is an owner at THC Nevada LLC and THC Productions LLC. Quote, I was a casino executive for over five years, which is highly, which is a highly regulated industry. He told members of the Nevada Tax Commission in January 2018. I appreciate reflections and understand that they are there to try to protect the industry. I understand regulation, excuse me. The Nevada Independent is a 501c3 nonprofit news organization. We're committed to transparency and disclose all of our donors. The following people or entities mentioned in the articles are financial supporters of 
our work. Avoid gambling. Um, let me look at what it says. 35, 31,500. Steve Sisolak, 3,200. The McMullen Family Trust, 1,200. The Star Family Giving Fund, 600 bucks. Virginia, Virginia Valentine, 435 bucks. End of article. So, um, I mean, just, I mean, I don't live in Nevada, but just sort of reading that article with you guys, um, it's like, like I had mentioned the other parts, I just find it really interesting that, that there was, it just seems like there's, there's the, that from an outside perspective, that there was a pretty big can do sort of attitude. And it was like, or at least how it seems to me as someone who doesn't live in Nevada, it seems that, you know, everyone sort of all the stakeholders that want to start adult use businesses or medical businesses, you know, realized that Nevada already had a good and long history of turning the gaming industry which was um socially unaccepted and which which nevada nevada folks were sort of left on their own to grow that industry in their state and make it legitimate they were able to end up doing that and now you have people that you know saw that change happen within the state and saw how they were ever able to turn um gaming into a legitimate thing that other states could replicate um now you're seeing them take their talents to the marijuana industry but because of cannabis's schedule one narcotic designation it's easier said than done in getting involved in this but just the fact that they have this can-do attitude that hey you know we were able to tame and legitimize gaming and we can do the exact same with with cannabis is it's a pretty good attitude to have, you know. Um, Nevada legalized adult use the same year Massachusetts did, but Nevada has way more stores, they have way more selection, um, and the prices are a lot cheaper. So whatever they're doing, even though, you know, you have a lot of lawmakers and a lot of people, you know, making money a second time off this, you know, as we've talked about in previous, in these previous parts, um, you're, you're still having a well-oiled machine, you know, um, you're still having a lot of tourists come and, 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 and consume cannabis. You're having a lot of licenses. You're, you're having something pretty good, you know, being as Nevada does not have the same long and storied history that let's say uh, Oregon or Washington or California or Colorado has, but in just a few years, you know, their adult use is pretty respectable from the things I hear. But um, again, I don't want to keep this episode too long. We're closing it on like 42 or so minutes. As always, I can be found on iTunes, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, and everywhere else you can find podcasts. And if you like what we're doing and you find yourself coming around often to it, you can become a Patreon at http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash two nj m s h n and that's how you become a patreon if you like what we're doing and want to support um we have tiers that start at just one dollar a month and 
any little bit goes a long way in terms of reinvesting into this podcast. And you know where to find me on socials. I'm IC Sativa Pod on Twitter. I'm I am Cam Sativa on Instagram. And um, again, um, I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you guys got a lot out of this. And peace out and ciao. And stay medicated, my friends. Peace. <laughs> If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And if you're in Northeast New England and you're in Eastern Massachusetts, especially, or or, um, Southern New Hampshire or Southern Maine, then you can get some great and inexpensive CBD flour delivered directly to your door very quickly. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash shop dot boston empire dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland. And as always, everyone stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.